Hello, I'm Heidi Higgins, and you are listening to K-12 on Learning, sponsored by Stride. In December of this last year, just before the holidays, our fourth child, a K-12 graduate actually, moved home from Long Island, New York, where she'd been living with her family. The pandemic had forced the university where her husband was studying to put all their classes online, so they thought they would move closer to family. And we're talking really close as they moved into my home. (laughs) But you know, I love it. They have two small children. The oldest is kindergarten age. You may understand my enthusiasm as they enrolled that little kindergartner in our state's Stride K-12 school. I share this today because we're going to take a deep dive into kindergarten in a Stride K-12 powered school. In these online schools, each student's education is customized and each subject is mastery based and state certified teachers ensure that students are meeting all of the state standards. Just before the severity of the pandemic, I was able to visit with three kindergarten teachers from Stride K-12 schools. These teachers have a lot of experience with the curriculum and with the families. So I think you'll enjoy some of the things that they have to say. Hello, my name is Sonia Clark and I have been with Ohio Virtual Academy out of Ohio. This is my 12th year teaching for them. Probably about nine to 10 of those years have been solely a kindergarten teacher. I love my interaction with my students and being able to come beside the parents and partner with them so that they get the experience and are able to school their own students. Very good. Shonda. Hi, my name is Shonda James, and I'm a kindergarten teacher from Tennessee Virtual Academy. I live here in Middle Tennessee. I've been teaching kindergarten for 16 years, and the last four of those have been in the virtual world. It's been a fun journey. Um, I just have a passion to watch little ones learn, and I just feed from their excitement. Wonderful. Melanie? Hi, I am Melanie Jenkins, and I also teach with Shonda at Tennessee Virtual Academy. I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. I am um, an eighth-year teacher, eighth-year kindergarten pre-K teacher. The first five years of my teaching career, I was teaching in the brick-and-mortar setting and then found my way to Tennessee Virtual Academy about three years ago and have enjoyed every challenge and blessing that has come along with it. It's truly a wonderful experience to teach kindergarten in the virtual setting. Thank you. And thank you all for sharing more about yourselves. We're going to take some time today to unpack what makes an online kindergarten experience through K-12 different in its education model and student experience. And we're going to address some frequently asked questions. So let's get started. Shana, let's start with you. What is online learning? I'm so happy to have this question because people ask me this all the time. You know, they're like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm a virtual kindergarten teacher. <laughs> and then everyone just goes, what? <laughs> what does that look like? So um, it's so much fun to uh, describe that. But basically, the way our program works is all of the children are in their homes with their computer and their learning coach. Usually that's a parent or maybe a grandparent. And I am in my home with my computer and just kind of what we're doing right now. It is really a kindergarten day. So this, it's super cool. We have a curriculum and I know we'll talk about that in just a little bit. A curriculum that our students follow. We, as the teachers, make sure that the students are being presented with the content and following our state standards. 
a virtual school is just a fabulous option for parents and for students, really for the parents who take an active role in their child's education. We have a class. We are a class. I have 20 students in my classroom and have a great relationship with each of them and with the parents. Some communication is huge with us. It's really cool the way that we get to have a relationship with our families, even more so than we did in brick and mortar. We do have lots of communication, email, phone calls. We can talk live in class. We even have parent-teacher conferences. So very similar. We have, we follow the brick and mortar calendar. It's like a brick and mortar school. So what you're used to. So we have summer break and we have fall break and winter break. So just like that, attendance is taken. Um, I know it looks differently across each state, but here in the state of Tennessee, we have the same attendance requirements that any public brick and mortar school would have. So the parents have a big role in that and it looks different from state to state. Our school is a kindergarten through, we go through high school. So it's we're like one big family. So that's super cool. I think that's kind of it in a nutshell, what I want to say about what virtual learning looks like. Thank you very much, Shonda. Sonia, can you share a little bit about what K-12's online kindergarten curriculum looks like? Definitely. The K-12 curriculum is provided for you. It is like a birthday, a Christmas, when your materials show up at your door. Boxes, boxes, and boxes. In the kindergarten curriculum, you get the, the math the phonics, literature and comprehension, there's language skills, there's handwriting, there's history, there's social studies. For full-time kindergarten students, depending on state to state, there is art, there's music and science. It is everything that your student would get in the brick and mortar school, but it comes to your door. The materials that you would need, the counting cubes, the bricks that go together, the teddy bears that you would use for math when you were counting, the manipulatives, the phonics readers. We have phonics readers in kindergarten because your kindergartner will be reading by the end of kindergarten. You will be amazed at how they're reading. The handwriting paper is provided. What does the actual curriculum look like? That is a very loaded question. The curriculum is research-based, K-12 went and researched what is the best. It is a mastery-based program as stated before, you know. We don't want you moving on until your child has able to show mastery so that you can really make sure that by the end of the curriculum, they will be reading. Like I said, they will be doing the basic addition and subtraction in the math. They will be writing a complete sentence. Times have changed. What our kindergartner students do now is amazing. As I said, mastery-based program. We're not going to move on until your child has shown mastery. You might be thinking, how am I going to do this? Maybe maybe you don't have any college education. Lesson guides, the curriculum. As I said, you get everything in the mail. The lesson guide is a hardback book. I wish when I taught the brick and mortar school that I had this. This is the lesson guide. This is the lesson plans that the teachers in the brick and mortar do. Word for word, what to say. Follow it. 
It is amazing. A lot of hands-on activities that the curriculum will offer. Part of the time is going to be spent online. About 20 minutes for math and 20 minutes for phonics is going to be online. It might be a review of what has been learned in a kind of like a game mode. And then the rest of the time, you're going to be sitting with your child going over the materials. It's going to tell you when to grab the workbook that your child's going to do or what materials to grab beforehand so that you are prepared. It can be overwhelming, but the best thing I can just tell you is it is research-based. K-12 has researched it. All the standards are covered. It's a very full curriculum, very well-rounded. Follow it. They're going to be reading, they're going to be writing, and they're going to be doing basic math. Thank you, Sonia. I remember when those boxes arrived with my children's name on them, they thought they were in heaven. It was wonderful. In fact, the only thing I had to do is make sure that I quickly put them in a place where I could locate them again (laughs) because they wanted to get out and play. Sonia mentioned a few things about being online and then the hands-on materials. What role do computers play in the K-12 curriculum? Computers are absolutely vital in a virtual school. That's something that is an amazing thing, but it's also something that you want to guard just a little bit to make sure that your child's not getting too much screen time, okay? So it's really cool the way that our school works because I think that we make an effort to make sure that we are utilizing resources that are given to us, like that are available within the in technology. For example, we use, I use a document camera. So whatever I am writing or the manipulatives, like I've got all kinds of little toys and things over here on my desk that we use for counting and things. The kids can see whatever is on my screen. And so then while they are in their their homes with their spots, they can use their own little toys to do count. It provides just a really cool hands-on experience. We have so many resources online that we're able to share, you know, teaching videos with our students. And our kids are actually getting to learn computer skills as well. It just naturally happens in our world. It really makes, even though we are miles and miles apart from our students and we're not in the same room with them, it brings us into their homes and it allows them to feel a sense of community and a sense of belonging. Thank you so much, Shonda, for for answering that question. Next, we'd like to introduce you a little bit about what the role is for the parent or the responsible adult that's going to be helping the child at home. We lovingly use a term learning coach. We want that role to be defined. And Melanie, can you explain a little bit more about what a learning coach does? I would love to. So a learning coach is, just as Shonda explained, the, the importance of a computer, the learning coach is going to be just as vital. So you are going to want to be there with your child. You you play an extremely important role being a learning coach. We know that if you are joining the K-12 virtual world, then you want, you know, you want what's best for your child. You're kind of taking reins of their education. So you are, you're going to play a big role in their day, especially in the kindergarten setting because they are young. You know, we've got five, six-year-olds and they might be opening up a computer for the very first time. So you're going to want to be there to help them learn about the computer, where to go, what to do. Basically, you're going to want to devote a good amount of time to immerse yourself in learning the logistics, so to speak, of the virtual world and the classroom and how it works, which 
by the way, your teacher and the administrative staff and the onboarding team at K-12 is really good about um, setting you up for success as the learning coach. So you're going to be very supported. So once you as a learning coach learn a little bit about how it works, you're going to be able to support your child. You're going to want to come with a positive attitude. And that might sound silly, but it's so true because if you come in and you seem overwhelmed as a learning coach and you, and you get frustrated easily, it's going to rub, up, rub off on your child and their learning. So just to be positive and uh, set the tone for a positive experience, your child's going, that's going to rub off on your student and they're going to be excited to learn as well. You as the learning coach are, you're their teacher. Um, We like to look at the relationship as learning coach and teacher as one, you know, like we, instead of sitting across the table from each other, we want to sit side by side and communicate on a daily basis about your student um, and how they're doing. Because while we do see them every day, what goes on the other side of the computer and what you're seeing with your student as you're teaching them or as they are listening to their teacher teach them, we want to know what's going on that we don't see. So you're going to want to communicate with your teacher on almost a daily basis. We communicate in the classroom and there's a chat box that we actively participate in all day, every day. We uh, make phone calls at least once a month to check in, see how things are going, how we can support you how your child's doing, what's going on. Do you need more support? Do you need enrichment? Uh, Are they struggling in a certain area? Are they bored in an area and they need more to do? That's going to be your job to communicate that to the teacher as well so that we can provide your student exactly what they need and not just, we're not teaching to a general classroom, we're teaching to your student. So communication is huge in the learning part, in the learning coach's role as well. Let's, you know, you're going to have to do some back-end stuff. We're going to have to enter, enter some attendance. We're going to have to log your child in. You're going to have to mark some lessons complete, help them through those lessons. And then of course, the big thing is teaching them. You're, we, the teacher will provide you with those standards and, and the content that they need, but it will be the learning coach's job to extend that learning beyond the classroom. So you have to look at our class together, our class time together, like sort of what we're doing right now. So that's not going to be the only time that your child is being educated. So the learning coach really has to extend the learning beyond the Blackboard classroom on the computer into your home. The support is there. We, the teachers, the the staff, we are all here to help support you and give you the information and anything that you need to help teach your child. That's our job as well. Learning coaches, you have a really important, beautiful role. You get to see your child learn. You get to help them with that. You get to be hands-on and it really is a beautiful thing. Thank you, Melanie. To be hands-on and have the, the partnership there with a, a trained teacher is really critical. So thank you for ex- explaining the role of the learning coach. Now, Shonda, let's talk a little bit about some of the specifics for the online teacher support for a kindergarten family. What does that partnership look like? I am, Melanie, I am so happy that you described that the way that you did. Because first and foremost, when you have decided, okay, we're making this choice for our student and I'm going to be responsible for their learning, like you're making a difficult choice. It would be so much easier just to send them off and let the teacher handle it all. And we'll find out at the parent-teacher conference once or twice a year how they're doing, right? Well, it's completely reversed. And so, Melanie, I'm so glad that you brought it up that way because it's so true. And you, what you mentioned about your attitude and if you're feeling frustrated and how that rubs off on your child, oh my goodness, that is so true, right? We as the teachers are here to be the support 
for you as the learning coach. Our goal to keep you at a level where you are feeling good about what you're doing so that your student feels good and they have a positive experience with their education. So our role as how we support our learning coaches, which is in so many different ways, like during class, as I am teaching, I have the awareness that my parents are sitting beside their student while I'm teaching. So I like to give strategies to parents and sometimes explain what I'm doing. Um, I think it's really, really important to give the parents the why behind these activities that we're doing. If the learning coach understands why we're doing something, then that will help them be able to extend it at home, like Melanie said. I try to give my teaching philosophy to the parents as well during you know, class time or just meetings. Uh, we have, especially at the beginning of the year, several meetings with just the learning coaches to really get, let's, let's all get on board and let's work together and really understand why and how we're doing things. And we talk a lot about how are you presenting this to your kids? Is it just something you're just trying to check off, check off, check off, let's just get it done and you are feeling so stressed? That's not a great learning environment for your kiddo. And so we try really, really hard to equip our parents to be successful teachers of their children. So we do that. Like I said, a lot of times it's during like live class connect sessions. We're always available through email. And, you know, like, for example, the other day I had a parent email me. They were so worried because their child keeps reversing letters, you know, so I was able to just quickly, you know, gathered up a few resources, some articles, different things to send to her just so that she had an understanding and a knowledge about that. And it just took her... (gasps) stress level down quite a bit. So we're able to kind of help spread the horizon, spread the parent's viewpoint. What is typical or what is expected? When I mentioned developmentally appropriate, that reminded me, I talked to my parents a lot about keeping developmentally appropriate expectations for kids. You can't expect a child to sit at a desk all day long. And so we talk a lot about needing brain breaks. We talk about taking learning outside changing the, you know, the environment, different things. And those are things that usually it's through you know, the live classes. We're just there to try to help the parents be as successful as they can and to help equip parents to help their students become lifelong learners because that's our goal. Thank you so much, Shonda. Oh, we're going to take just a moment and give us a pause as we're going to interject a student who is going to speak to us and give us some idea of what that student experience is. have always wanted to homeschool and before he was even born it was something that me and our me and my wife had decided on doing and when it come time for schooling we were looking into traditional homeschooling and we ended up stumbling across k-12 and um, we do not regret stumbling across k-12 at all he has absolutely loved it and I really like it versus the traditional homeschooling as well. He gets to interact and we have a teacher that we can go to and, and ask questions and I took all of the guesswork. Yeah, out I took of it all of the you, guesswork to, out of to it. To give you lesson plans and to give you step by step instructions. Shonda James has been absolutely amazing in following through and teaching us what we need to know as learning coaches to 
see him develop and learn and do new things every day. He enjoys attending classes and looks forward to seeing his teacher in the mornings. And it's been absolutely wonderful. And we do not regret finding it at all. She sits there, I'm able to still feed her. I'm able to, you know, carry on our daily lives and she can sit right there, right with us learning, doing kindergarten with them. We start at eight in the morning and it goes, our last class ends at 1.15 and those are the assigned logins. Um, there is also a checklist that we have to um, get done before the end of the week. And that still is pretty much only like around two other assignments after logins, which can be done at any time, which is super great when you have others as well that need your time too. Um, each class still does have intervals in between to where he doesn't get tired out. And so I love that also versus traditional brick and mortar. Don't have the constant class to class and or just being away just, for just you know, that long period. So what do you like about it? I like there that there's long breaks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of like the schoolwork? I think it's cool. You think it's cool? Yeah. Do you enjoy doing the schoolwork? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you like your teacher? Yeah. What do you like about her? That she's a really good teacher. <laughs> and she teaches kids real good. Yeah. <laughs> she really does. She's the best. <laughs> And the math. He loves the math too. I'm good at math. Yeah. It's been amazing to be able to sit there with him and see him, the aha moments, the get it, the click, the watching him learn and develop. And Reading his first book all the way yes, through, oh front to back, without any help. That's absolutely amazing. Yes. So he has, he's loved the curriculum. The curriculum's been great. Workbooks. Workbooks. He likes the workbooks. Lesson plans, lesson books, word for word, what to say to your student, how to teach it. Um, highly recommend K-12. And we really like the logons and the interacting with the teacher and other students. And Shonda James uses Zoom a lot, so we really like that as well. He gets to sit there and see all of the other students while in class versus being <clears throat> the traditional homeschool and you know you you sit at home and you don't get to see that unless you do have a well, ton of kids which we don't so <laughs> computer is everything with this program for sure it's online everything to do with being on a computer if we, you know basics about computer though you you have no problem setting it up setup time was maybe like 30 to 45 minutes for me and that's bookmarking and installing all of the programs and um as far as logging on goes it was really simple is that you go in you click on your link and it all starts up you click yes yes and then classes usually run between like 30 to 45 minutes depending on which one it is and 
uh, most of his classes, he has at least a 30, 45 minute break in between each of them. So he's he's very well balanced and, you know, he gets the 30 minutes with the teacher and then 30 minutes to work on other things or do what he wants to do. Eh, first login is at 8 a.m. Central. Central time. Our last login is at 12.45. Class ends at 1.15. And then if we've got assignments done for the day, then we're done for the day. And then if not, then we might have to work on a couple. But we've got all day to do that. So maybe another hour somewhere. Um, Besides logins, there is the what they would call the offline work or the oh, checklist. Well, yeah. And that averages the two or three uh, courses a day, and that works out really good, too. He usually does them in between classes, depending on what's going on that day. I think with being a learning coach, it is to build off of everything that your teacher has worked with you in class. There is, I mean, still quite a bit, a lot of, a majority of the time, like I said, it's from eight and then one fifteen, we're done. Um, the rest of the time, anything is being worked on, it is you, the learning coach, doing it. But the teachers, Miss Shonda at least, has been great in giving step-by-step instructions on tips different yeah, tips, tricks, links. I mean, she'll send you anything to um, help you as a learning coach still teach your student. Um, which as a learning coach, you do get to teach your student. I mean, there is there is a lot that, that we have felt like that we achieved in teaching him even through help with Sonda James and offline work and whatnot. The uh, curriculum that is laid out on the K-12 website, I think, works really well. And textbooks. And textbooks, yeah. All the, yeah. All the curriculum has it in there for you to do or read, you know, how you should do it as a learning coach. Yeah, I like going outside to play. When it's summer time, we, me and my friends go to the park to play. I would say let's go to K-12 because it's the best. <laughs> I would say definitely look into it. K-12 has been absolutely awesome. We have had the pleasure of talking to principals and teachers and counselors and tech support. And I mean, we've talked to everybody and everybody has been absolutely wonderful and knowledgeable and able to answer any questions we've had. It has been an absolutely wonderful experience for us. It really has. And I, I can't see doing it another way now. Uh, now that we've had K-12, I, I really can't see doing it another way. So. Can you give me one example of an interaction and how you engage with your students? Sonia, can we start with you? That's a good question. How do I in- engage with my students? Uh, Class Connect, as uh, we have already talked about, Class Connects. Every day I'm teaching, I'm getting them on into the classroom, making engaging lessons, making sure that they have a voice. I have a saying, we're all in, 100% in, all in. Everyone's on the microphone, everyone's on the camera, everyone is using the tools. 
because when you're all in, that is when you're at your best and that is when you're going to learn the most. And so through that class connect is really how I do connect with my students. There's other opportunities that I have through face-to-face outings um, where I do get to connect with them and see them and put my arms around them, give them a high five or a hug. Those are exciting too. But for the most part, my online classes is how I fully engage with my students. Very good. Thank you, Sonia. Melanie, can you give me an example of how you do some interaction with your students? I like to really make my, like Sonia said, making engaging lessons. I think that is really big in our kindergarten classroom. I really listen to what they, what they say and the things that they like. I take time out of my day to have conversations with them about their interests, and then they will see those interests pop up in our lessons. For example, while I do do a star student a week, so I focus on one student for a whole week. They fill out a form at the beginning of the year. They tell me their favorite food, their favorite color, their favorite thing to do, their favorite show to watch. And then throughout the week, we will focus on one student. We will give a fun fact about that student each day. And then if they like, uh, to, this morning I had a little girl, her favorite show was the old school Sylvester and Tweety. And so she got to see Sylvester and Tweety throughout our lesson. So my my thought is that she was probably extra engaged today because she was able to see something in our classroom that she really enjoyed. And so I, I try to do that with all of my students, whether it little characters of shows that they watch using those as manipulatives in our classroom. It just really does build a connection with them because they know that I'm listening to them. They know that I care about them and they know that I'm trying to reach them and interest them. And then Aside from that, I also like to take a few minutes either before or after each class just to talk about whatever they want to talk about that does not have to do with our learning that day. So let's just talk about what you did over the weekend. Talk about you went to see a movie. What movie did you see? Maybe your friends went to see the same movie. Maybe that would spark an interest. Maybe that would, you know, so just more so talking and getting to know my students is a way that I connect. with. Thank you, Melanie. Listen to these warm examples. I just love it. These are enthusiastic kindergarten teachers. I love it. Thank you so much. So you've heard some great things about the interaction and how these teachers are working to make your children engage in education value while getting to know them a little bit better. So if we can, Melanie, let's talk about getting into the differences that children may have. We don't all learn at the same time. We don't all grow at the same time. How do you as a teacher differentiate instruction for students who might be at various levels? You are so right in saying that we don't all learn at the same level. So we, as your child's teacher, we are very well aware that we all learn at different levels. Just thinking back to even babies, babies are not all crawling when they hit six months and walking when they hit 10 months. We all are walking and crawling at different ages. And that's exactly how our learning is. So we know that your child is going to come in. Some might be reading when they enter kindergarten. Some might not even know what the letter A is. And we know that and we expect that. And therefore, we're going to teach to that. We're going to meet the needs of your child. In whole group, we're going to have differentiated instruction in that we have breakout rooms. So your child will be sent off to a breakout room and they will have an activity that is that will meet their needs in that breakout room, whether it is a challenging activity, um, an activity that's going to just support their needs, whether it be low, middle, or high. The most exciting way that we meet the needs of a student and their different levels of learning is going to be in the small group setting. So we have a lot of different small groups. And in those small groups, we are able 
to teach exactly what that group of students are needing to work on. Uh, we do a lot of assessment at the beginning of the year to gauge where they are. This is also where communication comes into play. You as a learning coach are going to tell us how your student is doing on the other end of the computer. We're going to mix that with the assessments that we're giving. And then we're, we're going to really get to know your child. That's I will say that in the brick and mortar setting versus the virtual setting, I feel like I know my students just as well, if not better than the brick and mortar setting. And I am able to teach to that student in our small group. Small groups are huge. Um, and then I'll also give the learning coach support so that you can, again, extend the learning in the home based on your students' needs. So those needs will be met. Thank you so much, Melanie. So the number one question that people ask me when I tell them that I love and promote online schooling, and I've done it with my children and now grandchildren, is, is there an opportunity for socialization? How do we work with socialization, especially starting at a kindergarten level? Sonia, can you address that for us? Definitely. You know, we, we've talked about those Class Connect sessions and those are my highlights of the day. I love teaching. I'm assuming my kids, uh, that's their highlight because they get to come in, they're interacting. So yes, they're interacting with me, the teacher, but the biggest part is they are also interaction acting with their peers. They are getting on the microphone. They're getting on the camera. They're introducing themselves. In my class, before class starts, they are saying hello. You know, they're getting to know each other. They're starting to ask each other questions, you know, as uh, Shonda said, you know, where, what's her favorite color? Well, they're, they're starting to ask each other, what are their favorite colors? I see they've got a dog in the background, you know, what's the dog's name? And so they're having those conversations. So socialization, definitely, they're getting it through the Class Connect face-to-face requirements. I know in the state of Ohio, uh, Ohio Virtual Academy, you know, they're required to have four face-to-face events. And so they are meeting with peers um, during these events, whether it's an academic, they can do the spelling bee. We have more fun times where we have monthly bowling. So it's more of a social outing. And so the teachers that are there hosting it, they are encouraging the families to exchange information so that they can get together also outside of school to build those relationships, build that community. Um, So socialization definitely does happen. I find it's more meaningful because they, they are really working at it and really connecting. And they don't have to just be that friend because that's who they have next to them. They get to get together outside of school and really that connection is big for them. Next, we're going to take a look at the enrollment steps. Our enrollment process for all of our schools is very similar, but each school is going to have some specific deadlines, enrollment times when it's time to get the paperwork in because we want to start right away, or maybe even a lottery. So let's check the school sites for the age requirements. Sonia, can you address that a little bit? Yes, every state has a different age cutoff. So I would recommend going ahead and looking at the K-12 sites and your school specifically to check that age cutoff. I know in uh, with Ohio Virtual Academy, the age cutoff is you have to be five by the end of September. And there's a lot of different things with age is just because your child is ready because they hit that age, that five, are they ready? And so definitely a lot of consideration. Are they academically ready? Socially, are they ready? Just because you're schooling at home, there still is that social aspect that goes on and the academics. Yes, they are at home, 
but we have the same academic requirements that a brick and mortar school does. They're expected to be reading by the end of end of the school year, reading, writing, and simple math. So a lot goes into that age cutoff. Thank you very much. Again, that's uh, check your state for specific regulations where you live. We want to make sure that you meet those deadlines and keep in mind the readiness of your student. Very good. Thank you, Sonia. So here's another question for us. It says, what material should I purchase? Um, do I need to set up a specific learning environment? Shonda, why don't we address that? Okay, I like this question <laughs> because I think this is huge, the learning environment. Before I really answer this question, what I want to say about it is you as the learning coach need to decide what type of experience are you going to give your child, okay? Because we have some that they have school on the couch just sitting over there. And then whenever I say, everyone, you know, grab your grab your dry erase boards, which are included in your your kit, and then they can't find them, okay? And so they spend time running off to go get their dry erase boards and then come back, right? So you, you could choose that experience for your student, or you could choose to set an area. It doesn't have to be a big area. I'm not saying make it a whole room, okay? But choose an area in your house that is their learning environment, there's something about having a spot. This is my school. This is my, my spot for learning that tells your brain it's time for learning. I'm no longer just at home goofing off on the couch doing flips. I am now ready for learning. And, and part of that learning environment is setting up a routine for your student. So um, what I recommend to my families is, you know, I, I recommend that they go to the dollar store and they buy just a little calendar, you know, like you might see in a classroom or just any kind of calendar. And they start their day by going over to that calendar and talking about what day it is. It's just something really simple. I mean, you could just make it if you wanted to. Um, something like that. And then we're ready to kind of get started with our day. Um, but just having a set routine. And there are so many resources out there on how to set up a learning environment and a routine. But so what I would recommend is that you have an area that you have taken all those many resources that K-12 has provided. And there are a lot, like I just pulled a few. We have a blow up globe. I mean, how fun is that? Lots of shapes. Um, and di different things. And I would just set them all up in an area. All those books. Oh, so many good books that they provide. Make yourself a little library. Put a big bag or a pillow in the floor so your kiddo can get comfortable when they're reading. Um, just little things like that. You don't really have to buy a lot. I think pretty much everything is provided. If there is something like maybe some scissors um, and crayons, paper. That's usually, that's about the only thing I ever ask my parents to provide for their kiddos. I'll say, you know, for today's class, you need two blank sheets of paper or something like that um, for us to practice uh, with. They do provide magnetic letters. They're these little magnetic tiles, which are super cool. But even if you just want to go to the dollar store and, you know, for a dollar, buy the, the big bright ones, you know, and stick them on your refrigerator and go have some fun with that. But you really don't have to buy a lot. So like I said, I, if, I would just make sure I've got paper like plain printer paper or construction paper, um, scissors, glue, crayons, and then some Play-Doh because our kiddos need that fine motor practice. And other than that, everything is included that, that you will most likely need. Uh, but I cannot stress enough how important it is to set up an environment with a routine, a schedule for your kiddo. 
Thank you, Shonda. I remember getting all those boxes and I discovered that we've got some tools now to help us. There's a K-12 app that will tell you when your shipments of boxes are due and are going to be arriving so that you can be prepared with an empty shelf and some plastic a plastic bin to keep all those extra pieces in so that everything's together. Like I said, my children thought it was great. <laughs> and I had to quickly rope that in and that plastic bin came in real handy at that point. Thank you for that information, Shonda. Here's another question we have for us. Should I enroll my child and extracurricular activities, gymnastics, public library, story time, martial arts, those kinds of things. Well, that's a great question. Melanie, why don't you take that one on? (laughs) Sure. Um, Well, as we were talking about socialization earlier, uh, this is just another way to incorporate that into your child's routine. So yes, yes, I think that would be great. Anything that they're interested in, they show interest in, Absolutely. The only thing that you want to be mindful of is the schedule. You know, we, uh, like we talked about earlier, we are pretty much a structured brick and mortar classroom just done in a virtual setting. So, you know, you have to be in class, you have to be in those live sessions and attend and be ready to learn. So you're not going to want to miss class. Let's say you had your child is doing gymnastics, but she wants to go every Tuesday and Thursday during math class, that's going to take away from her learning. So you just want to be mindful of the schedule and make it work with the school schedule. But yes, going to the library, I tell my students that at the beginning of the year, every year is go to your local library, get a card. It's free. They have story time. You can get as many books as you want. It's truly amazing. Um, And then they're going to meet, you know, since they're not literally physically around other kids every day, like they would be in the brick and mortar setting, that gives them an opportunity to socialize as well. So then it's also really neat to to see, like I'll I'll talk to parents who, you know, so-and-so, we were driving down the road the other day and or we were at the grocery store and they saw this, you guys were talking about cylinders and they saw a can of soup in the grocery store that was a cylinder. You know, you take them out into the real world and do things like extracurricular activities and they are going to pull in the things that they learn in the classroom out into the real world and then it just clicks. So I would say yes to extracurriculars. <laughs> Thank you, Melanie. So here's another question. Can I enroll multiple students? Well, I could, let me start with that one. Uh, I had three of my own children enrolled. Yes, you can have multiple children enrolled. And the nice thing about the K-12 curriculum is that it is it builds on itself. So if you've got a child in kindergarten and you've got another one in first grade, another one in third grade and fourth grade, the curriculum, it builds on itself. I remember having a kindergartner discuss things about a cell where my sixth grader was also learning about a cell and they could work together a little bit. Now, granted, the kindergartner is not going to be as deep and as big a project as that sixth grader one will be. But when you're home together, what a lovely opportunity to work together and to have children enrolled in the same school like this is, it, it works. Granted, it might be a little bit more work for you learning coaches, but not really if you allow them to work together as the curriculum allows. Anybody else have a comment about that, having multiple children in the schools? I would just like to add that we do have lots of families that are very successful having multiple children, but they will be honest with you. It requires lots of planning and organization and reaching out to other families for ideas and help. And how do you handle this? How do you handle that? And we do have some families, though, that really struggle having multiple. So I think that you just need to take a a check of yourself and where you are. And if you're up for it, you can totally do it. I love what you were saying there about the curriculum and allowing the kiddos to work together. Because you know what, when one child is teaching another, that's how they're really internalizing that learning. So I think that that is a wonderful opportunity. We do need to be honest, it's going to take some preparation and planning for sure. 
It is. I do have, in my current class this year, I do have a kindergartner who has three other brothers. So there are four total uh, kiddos in this house in our K-12, in our school, Tennessee Virtual Academy. And it is really neat to see. They all have their own spot set up. And it's really cool because a lot of times I will hear the younger student asking the older student for help and he'll come over and help. So they almost help each other too, in a sense. Um, so yeah, it definitely can work. It, which is a really neat, a neat thing too. It, it's doable, it's possible, and it's really cool to see. Definitely right. agree. I have multiple families that have multiple kids. And as you were saying, the curriculum is spiral. And so a lot of times, as you said, you can do the same lesson. You're just going to dive in deeper with your older student. Or as I've told a lot of learning coaches, just because your child is home doesn't mean they don't need that extra 20 minutes of reading each day. So if they went to the brick and mortar school, they would be required to come home in the evening and read 20 minutes every day. So those older kids, they can read the literature and comprehension uh, stories to your your younger students. So they get that extra 20 minutes. They're getting that bonding time. And then they can also take something off of your plate because during that time, you could work with another sibling. So can it be done? Yes. As Shonda said, schedule, routine, planning, looking ahead to see what lessons am I going to cover and figure out where can you combine them and do them together. But definitely can be done. Many learning coaches do it successfully. Thank you. That's that's good encouragement. Hope we were able to answer your question. Here's another question, teachers. Do I have to have, this is a good one. Do I have to have computer skills in order to be a learning coach? Son, you want to start with that one? Definitely. Do you need some computer skills? You need a little bit. Email, basic email, and then knowing how to navigate a, uh, a website, basic um, website. Those are pretty much the only two big ones because there's going to be people that are going to come be long, along beside of you if you're not sure how to do something. The resources, the people that are willing to help. You're, if you need something, we will help you. Email and simple navigation of the online school, the website. I tell all of my learning coaches, you're not going to break the online school. Click and play. Click and play. You're not going to break it. The best way to learn it is to play with it. Minimal skills. Yes. I also wanted to add to, I'll just add on to that, is that there is a support system in uh, most of the schools. It's just like an onboarding team that they really dedicate the first week, maybe even two weeks. And then again, the teachers in the classroom dedicate their first weeks of, of school, it just helping everyone get accustomed to how it all works. So learning coaches really that first week before school starts, it's not even so much for the child. It's more so for the learning coaches to log in and get all the support that they need from anywhere from how do I enter attendance to how do I log into class? Where do I get their lessons? Um, there's going to be a, a onboarding team there to show you how to do all of that. So there it's, we've got major support for learning coaches. Again, communication is key and it's ongoing. So if you've got questions throughout the year, we'll be there to help you. Um, here's another question. Is it possible for me to maintain a full-time job and still be a learning coach? Melanie, what do you think about that? I think that here's what I'll say about that for kindergarten specifically, it would be an extremely uh, difficult task to do both and do both of them well. You know, if you have a full-time job, you're going to want to devote 
your 100% to your full-time job, and you also want to devote 100% to your child's education, and it would be really hard to devote 100% to both at the same time, especially outside of the home. So if you have a full-time job outside of the home and your student, it it would be more of a situational type deal. If you have a full-time job and you maybe hire a nanny or a, a you know, a learning coach to help at home while you are at work. That's always an option. I have a few in my class doing that this year, very successfully so. But as far as having a full-time job and being a learning coach at the same time, it would be difficult. We want to give our children, especially this kindergarten year, it's their first foundational year. We want to lay that foundation. We want to set them up for success in the coming years. And so we really want to devote 100% of our attention to our younger kids in kindergarten. And then as they get older and as they learn more about how everything works, then they're more independent. They're more, they're better equipped on the computer. They know how it all works. Then you can back off a little bit. But in the beginning, I would say, Probably not. Thank you. Thank you for being honest in that uh, in that answer. It, it takes some effort, and education is such a priority that you want your focus to be there. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for trying to learn more about our kindergarten program. Special thanks to Sonia Clark, Shonda James, and Melanie Jenkins for joining us today. You can see their enthusiasm, and who wouldn't want them as a kindergarten teacher for your child? Thank you for joining us. We wish you well. Good day. Thank you for listening to K-12 on Learning. To learn more about our online public schools, our career prep programs, and our private school and individual course offerings, please go to k12.com. Remember to subscribe to this podcast so you can join us next time for K-12 on Learning.